Hello, and thank you for inviting me into your eardrums. I'm Sarah Wendell, and this is episode number 507 of Smart Podcast Trashy Books. Today, my guests are Lucy Eden and Katie Robert, and we are talking about Kickstarter. Both authors have had incredibly successful Kickstarter campaigns. Lucy's is currently running and is fully funded, and Katie is in the middle of fulfillment of her Kickstarter, which was fully funded in about five minutes. We are gonna go behind the scenes and talk about everything involving their Kickstarters, what they've learned, what are the essentials, and how Kickstarter works, not only as a business, but also as a way of connecting with readers and artists in innovative and direct ways. I had so much fun with this interview, and if you've been curious about some incredible Kickstarters you've seen recently, I hope you enjoy this episode as well. Hello, and thank you as always to our Patreon community. You are all wonderful and fabulous. You make sure every episode has a transcript. Thank you, Garlic Knitter. And you make sure the show keeps going every week. If you would like to join our Patreon community, it would be wonderful to have you. Have a look at patreon.com slash smartbitches. This episode is brought to you in part by my favorite shoes, Rothy's. April is Earth Month, and more attention is being given each year to how we can better care for our planet. And one thing I love about Rothy's is that they are made of sustainable materials and they're washable. Rothy's has repurposed millions of water bottles into their signature thread that goes into all their products. And they use sustainable practices designed to minimize waste to create their shoes and handbags. I know you've heard me talk about Rothy's before. I own one of nearly every style they make. The Point, I think I have four of those, the loafer, the moccasin, and the lace-up sneaker. I was wearing those earlier today. I love all of them for travel. Plus, when they get dirty, I toss them in the washing machine. They come out looking like new. I love these shoes a lot. Not only because of how they look, but because of how long they last. When you're wearing Rothy's, your footprint feels lighter than ever. Get $20 off your first purchase today at rothys.com slash Sarah. That's R-O-T-H-Y-S dot com slash Sarah. This episode is brought to you in part by Thrive Cosmetics. I have a family wedding coming up and I realize that I have not worn makeup in two years. Most of what I own is long expired. Thankfully, I found Thrive Cosmetics to replace my essentials. I started with mascara. Always replace your mascara, folks. The Liquid Lash Extension Mascara is wow fabulous. There are no clumps. It doesn't flake on the inside of my eyeglasses and it washes off so easily with warm water. And I freaking love the Liquid Balm Lip Treatment. The lip treatment is smooth, it isn't sticky, and it stays on for hours. Plus, their Bigger Than Beauty program has donated products and funds to over 200 nonprofit giving partners across the country. It's very cool. Now is a great time to try Thrive Cosmetics for yourself. Right now, you can get 15% off your first order when you visit thrivecosmetics.com slash SPTB. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S dot com slash SPTB for 15% off your first order. This episode is brought to you in part by Cat Person. Did you know that cats are carnivores who need a lot of meat? Wilbur says he needs meat on the hour every hour, and I don't know that that's true, but I do know he loves Cat Person cat food. Cat Person has everything Wilbur needs to stay healthy and happy, and they'll do the same for you and your cat. If you order your starter box today, I've arranged for Cat Person to provide an exclusive offer of nearly 40% off just for my listeners. Cat Person is protein-packed, high-quality cat food shipped to your door. Meal plans are fully customized and perfect for cats of all ages. Wilbur loves this food. 
I give him some when the dogs take their evening walk, and now every night at 8 p.m. sharp, he hollers at me until I give him his cat person food. He loves the shreds most of all, but will also climb up my leg to try to get to some of the dry. You and your cat are going to love cat person as much as we do. Go to catperson.com slash trashy books and use code trashy books to save nearly 50% on your starter box with free shipping. That's catperson.com slash trashy books code trashy books to get nearly 50% off your starter box with free shipping. Catperson.com slash trashy books code trashy books. This episode is brought to you in part by Switchcraft, my new favorite game. Switchcraft is a brand new story-driven take on match three games. You know the games where you match three gems or sparkly things? As you play Switchcraft, you unlock new chapters of a gorgeously drawn graphic novel. In Switchcraft, you play as Bailey, a witch at Pendle Hill, the world's top academy of witchcraft. Their roommate has gone missing, and each choice you make brings you further into the mystery. The best part? The cast is incredibly inclusive, with characters who are non-binary, disabled, and from a variety of cultural backgrounds. And did I mention the art is gorgeous? I cannot tell you how pretty it is. The choices you make determine the outcome of this story, and there are romance options. Plus, Bailey has a cat that you help care for. The cat's name is Magnus. I love this game mostly because of the art, so give it a try. Download Switchcraft for free and unlock the magical mystery. This episode is brought to you by Stamps.com. And yep, I still feel like a real podcaster when I say that. Even though I am a small business owner who works mainly on the internet, I still have things to mail for my business. I have giveaways to run. I have prizes to ship. I got books to mail. And as much as I like the people who work at my local post office without fail, when I go, it's always crowded. With Stamps.com, I skip the trip and the time in line and focus on other things. Stamps.com saves me time, money, and stress. Stamps.com gives me access to all the post office and UPS shipping services I need right from my computer. And I get discounts I don't find anywhere else, like 40% off of post office rates and 76% off UPS. All I need is a computer and a standard printer. No special equipment needed. Stop overpaying for shipping with Stamps.com. Sign up with promo code Sarah for a special offer that includes a four-week free trial, free postage, and a digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. Just go to Stamps.com, click the microphone at the top of the page, and enter code Sarah. Let's do this podcast, shall we? On with my conversation with Katie Robert and Lucy Eden. I write uh, contemporary romance and paranormal contemporary romance and soon speculative romance um, as uh, Lucy Eden. Um, I've been publishing since early 2018. Um, and in addition to, well, in the romance publishing sphere, in addition to that, I also like to design merch and swag for romance loving people. I love that. I have so many ideas for swag, but my design skills are like behind my idea skills by a substantial margin. So I appreciate someone who can like, oh, I can design a thing because that is not necessarily in my skill set. Well, hit me up. Yeah, I, I might have to email I've you. been a big fan of Smart Bitches Trashy Books for a while. So thank you. That's really nice of you to say. I really appreciate that. Katie, what about you? Introduce yourself, please. Uh, I am Katie Robert. I've been writing full-time I think since 2012 now I'm ancient in romance years um and I write contemporary romance and I guess erotic romance and heavy in the retellings like 
dark ish, dark light romance. So it's, <laughs> that's kind of where I fall in like the categories, which is not really a category, but it works. Um, yeah. So that's, I do not have awesome design skills like Lucy. I watch what she does and take notes because she's brilliant. <laughs> learned a lot from Katie. So let's, let's throw that in there. <laughs> okay. This is going to be a really fun conversation. First of all, congratulations on your very successful Kickstarters. This is so cool. I am very curious. I have a lot of questions. I want to know first, what led each of you to decide to develop a Kickstarter campaign? Um, because I, I think for a lot of people, like Katie, you said you've been in romance for a while. I often feel like I am on the porch in a rocking chair going, oh, are we talking about that again? Okay, rock, rock, yep. rock. <laughs> I don't know that a lot of romance fans would necessarily think, oh, successful author career Kickstarter. Like that, for a lot of people, they're like, wait, what? I don't understand. So I'm curious, what led each of you to developing these extremely successful campaigns? Lucy, would you like to start? I honestly think that Katie should take this one first because she is for me kind of like the pioneer with this whole like true enough Kickstarter. So true enough. I, I would love to hear what she has to say. Yes, Katie, tell us everything. So I've been like Kickstarter has been one of those platforms that like sci-fi and fantasy people have been using like really heavily for a really long time. And oh, yeah. I am garbage for a good Kickstarter. Like I back Kickstarters all the time because I'm like, oh, there's art there. There's like pins there's cool stuff and so when like last year tiktok found my wicked villains books and just ran with it like it was a wild experience and having been ancient in romance years i know that the ups are up and then the downs come and and so i was like how can i ride this wave as effectively as possible and you know like there's an audience for these books like we see that special editions are really hot but and they're there are more romance like book boxes and stuff now than there were a year ago but like it's not like the lumicrate versions like the extra fancy special stuff like we don't necessarily we hadn't seen a ton at that point and nobody had approached me about wicked villains at that point so I was like oh you know I'm just gonna do it myself like whatever and I had been kind of kicking around the idea of doing a pre-order and people were getting kind of anxious because they're like, you're only going to do 500. I don't know about that, which sounds insane when I say that out loud. But so I was like, okay, well, I'm familiar with Kickstarter. I haven't seen a ton of romance on Kickstarter, but there's no reason we can't do a Kickstarter. And then just as kind of like a pre-order thing to kind of gauge interest of like how, how many people actually want to do this. Yeah. And so I set the goal is if I sold a hundred boxes, cause I was like a hundred boxes would be amazing. That'd be super great. And then we hit the goal in like five minutes or something like something <laughs> insane. Like it was, it was the most bonkers 24 hours of watching that. So it, it hit a spot. <laughs> um, I've been fulfilling, I'm fulfilling it right now. I've been for a month and I have another hundred boxes to go. So, you know, we're, we're making progress. Um, but Kickstarter just seemed like a really attractive option to kind of gauge interest, like offer something that feels exclusive. Yeah. And now like that Brandon Sanderson has done what Brandon Sanderson has done. Like, obviously he's on a different level, but yeah, it offers know. up some like interesting possibilities yeah. because Kickstarter takes, I think 8% and Amazon takes 30. So like if there's a way to offer up new content on Kickstarter initially, you can kind of take some of the bite out of Amazon in theory. I don't know. I'm going to be I'm going to be circling back to Kickstarter a lot in the future just because it's a very interesting platform and and if it doesn't fund, it doesn't fund and then you do something else. <laughs> yeah. But I remember 
I have a terrible concept of time even before the pandemic. And I remember a similar model. I think it was Patreon that N.K. Jemison said, I want to write more books and I have this job and it gets in my way. So if I can supplement income that is not my job, I have more time for writing. And suddenly she had a full-time writing salary yeah. through Patreon because fans were like, yes, please give us more of these wonderful books. So I can see the fan direct model working. Um, but I think you're right. The intersection of career and TikTok, because TikTok is so visual. And they like print books, which is like the big thing. Yeah. So, and I've had a lot of questions. I'm like, what are you going to do a hardcover? And I was like, well, if I'm going to do a hardcover, like I'm going to do it the most self-indulgent way possible. So like clinch covers illustrated the whole nine yards. And, and if I'm going to do that, like I'd already funded most of it, like just ahead of time, which I don't necessarily recommend, but, um, but you know, it worked out. Yeah. And you're going to want to do a, a gorgeous, heavy, um, with the pretty paper on the inside and all of that. Oh, yeah. You get to have complete creative control. No, yeah. it, it's it's both incredibly liberating and also, I imagine, very intimidating. Yeah, I I really enjoy, like, the planning, strategic planning of the nuts and bolts. Like, the only thing that kind of worried me was the timeline because we're, like, paper shortage. And will the things I made the decision to work with small businesses, which I don't necessarily think is the best fit for a Kickstarter that goes wild. Mm -hmm. Um, Just because it was like, Hey, I know that you're a two person job, but can you make me like 400 more of these? Um, Not ideal matchup. But other than that, it went remarkably smooth. I definitely will do some things different because offering all the customization options is getting a little wild with shipping, but Kickstarter has so many tools and like I've been using backer kit, which yes. is like, I don't want to say idiot proof, but I am not the most like tech savvy person. And they're like, here's how you do this. And like, I have somebody holding my hand through the whole process. It's been very helpful. On the, on the user end of backer kit, I was very impressed. Like this mm-hmm. could not be more obvious. Lucy, what about you? What led you to developing your currently in progress, extremely successful, already funded Kickstarter? Congratulations again, by the way. Thank you. So like Katie, I was a always a huge fan of Kickstarter. Um, I actually have a very ancient failed Kickstarter. Um, that's probably like, Oh God, like 15 years old by now, but between like, yeah, I'm very old, but like, um, Kickstarter and Indiegogo, like I have, you know, I, I constantly just get random things in the mail. Like, oh yeah, I did do a tarot card thing. Oh, look, look at these cool suitcases. It wasn't until Katie did her um, Kickstarter that I even thought about it for my swag boxes. Um, I do, I've done swag boxes pretty much for all of my book releases and they've always been just my books. Mm-hmm. Like I have a book that I have been, it's like 60% written but I have like all the swag design for it. Like there's physical, there's like pins and keychains in my house. And my friends are like, could you just finish writing that book before you start like making stuff? And I'm like, I don't know another way. Um, so part of the process. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I had an idea to do a subscription box for years um, that weren't my books. I really wanted to collaborate with other books. I also really love, especially in the romance community and more specifically the indie community. Um, there's this really great sense of community and collaboration. Um, I have met very few people, like literally I could count them on one hand in the last like three or four years who 
aren't like super generous with their knowledge and information or you can't slide in, you know, their DMs and ask them about like, how do you make an audiobook and what is this and how do you outline? And, you know, yep. everyone's really like super friendly. Um, I have this newsletter called Love Notes in Paradise that I release monthly where I just, it's just basically kind of my personality as a romance reader where it's just kind of chaotic and um, it just features everything about romance. It's not just rom-com. It's not just paranormal. It's not just interracial or, or black romance, or it's just every, cause that's how I read. I read mm-hmm. everything. So I'm always like reaching out to authors saying, Hey, the theme of this month is this, do you want to do an interview? And you know, I've, it's very rare that somebody like says no. So yeah. I really wanted the box to just reflect how like creative and awesome and inclusive and fun the romance community is. And that was, yeah. And that was the idea for my box, getting all the money first. Well, one, you get all the money first right? and you get to see if people actually want it before you start investing money. Yes. (laughs) So that was a very, you know, that was a very real question. Like, like if something like this popped up, would I back it? Absolutely. Would I be like staring at my bank account for like 20 minutes before I hit send? Yes. <laughs> so that was like a huge consideration. Like are people like, this is awesome. This is definitely something that I would want, but are people going to go for it? Cause it is not cheap. Yeah. I, I was actually surprised by how quickly it was funded because I was, you know, even before I hit send, I was considering like, you know, lowering the goal because like, could I even raise this in 30 days? And it turned out. Surprise. Yeah. I could raise it in three days actually. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And, and I'm also surprised at how many people chose like the higher, the higher priced tiers. Yeah. Cause I, cause I also, you know, kind of went a little overboard with just making tiers for every single price point. So everyone who wanted to be involved felt like they could get something. Yeah. Um, Cause I was really also really concerned about that, but yeah, most people have chosen to get like the stuff, you know, yeah. they, they want the stuff. Backing up for a second. Um, you mentioned the desire for art, the desire for gorgeous print editions. And you mentioned exclusivity that the, Things that you're offering in the Kickstarter are things that for a while you can only get through the Kickstarter. So you're already targeting a specific group of fans. What do you think are the other essential elements for a successful Kickstarter? Obviously, you have to know your audience. You have to understand what's happening in each tier. and You have to have rewards that fit. And you also have to have a community that you can engage with and communicate with. I don't know if you can hear my dogs, but they are absolutely losing their mind right now about Kickstarters. They think they are great. Yeah. (laughs) So what do you think are the essential elements from your experience for a successful Kickstarter? The things that I've learned is that romance... I'm hoping that this becomes more common as time goes on. But when I did it, people were like, what's a Kickstarter? How does it work? Yeah. What do you mean I'm not guaranteed to get my rewards? I don't understand. When do I get Why isn't this, this just a purchase? Like I buy yeah. the thing, I get the thing. No, yeah. it's, it's got that um, that timeline and that anticipation. Like, is it going to yeah. be funded? Are we going to get close? Ah, yeah. Yeah, the whole thing. And so what I found for that, I think, I saw the most like on the back end, like bumps is 
I had a pre-launch page that I had most of the information like that I was talking about and like prepping people like, this is when it's going to happen. Am I going to get wild and push the button early? I don't know. I did. Um, but, and then each, cause you can post updates and the updates go out to everybody who like has pledged it or follows it or whatever. Yeah. And, um, I was revealing art consistently throughout the whole, I did 45 days because I launched early. I recommend 30 is like kind of the sweet spot, but every time I posted art, it gave an organic way for people to go check out the Kickstarter and see what it's all about. Yeah. Uh, without me being like hard sell, here's the Kickstarter. It's like, look at this cool art that I commissioned. Yep. And then like Lucy said, having a lot of price points and so that people can be like, oh, I don't want to buy this whole freaking swag box with all this crap in it. I only want the swag or I only want the paper swag or I only want like one book. And so having those entry price points and then add-ons on the back end so that they can get more stuff if they change their mind and like, you know, the exclusivity because my, the books will be available afterwards, but all the swag is only available for the Kickstarter. And then, right. So knowing it's like that FOMO and I'm hoping that the FOMO for the next Kickstarter that this paved the ground to work. So people are like, Oh, I'm familiar with this. I'm ready to jump on this now. Yeah. Um, it kind of creates that like, uh, normalcy in our community that it's like, Oh, this is a thing that I'm familiar with now. I know that I'm only going to get it here and I'm going to grab it. We also have a lot of limited time only campaigns within romance in social media where you have uh, limited time only low priced box sets that then disappear. And you have limited time only fundraisers. There's been auctions for all number of, of charitable causes and disaster yeah. response. So the the community is getting more and more familiar with the fear of missing out, limited time only, act now, you're going to lose out on this cool stuff. But you also both feature a lot of artists and the intersection of fan art and fan engagement and highlighting artists who are engaged with your work, I think is one of the more interesting creative elements as well. Lucy, what about you? What do you think are the essential elements for a good Kickstarter in your experience, both as a person who who bids and funds on things and someone who's yeah. run one? Yeah. And you know, it's funny you mentioned the auctions because I've actually run a couple of those auctions and I participate in a lot of them. And I'm always shocked at how like, how much money we raised in such a short amount of time. It is. It's amazing. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's a very it's, generous it's, community. Yeah. It's beautiful, but yeah, I'm, I'm always shocked. Um, but yeah, that's, that's the thing. Um, I think just um, being a part of this community does a lot of the heavy lifting because yeah. it is such an inclusive and generous community. Yeah. We just, we're just a bunch of goofballs who love, love and, you know, love like having nice things. So that's, that's helpful. Um, I, I do think, um, what Katie mentioned about having a pre-launch, I didn't do a super long pre-launch. Um, I, I probably would have done a longer one. Um, but again, I mean, it worked. So, um, having a pre-launch is great. Talking about it is great. Having things to share and really just engaging, getting people excited is great. I'm having a plan. Yes. Um, one of my strategies, um, because my box is, it features just a lot. I, I feel like this box is very collaborative. Every box it's seasonal. Every box features six authors and there, you know, there were specific parameters, um, popularity wise of the books, um, to get into the box. So I also think that helped, like, you know, people are very excited that Katie is going to be in the first box. I saw so that. I 
people who are, you know, excited to get yet another custom, you know, exclusive paperback from Katie Robert are like, okay, well, you know, I'm not too sure about Lucy Eden. I've heard of her, but you know, Katie's in this. So here's my money. Yeah. Um, and you know, they're, you know, Sierra Simone, Kennedy Ryan, um, you have a stellar lineup. Like it's every single box. I was like, yeah, I need all of them, obviously. Like, oh yeah. And I think that's one of the smart things that you did is having those upper tier like rewards, because as you've seen, like people will pay big bucks to get all the cool stuff. Like that's carefully curated. It's yeah. That's the key part. It's it's carefully yeah. curated. You're so, and, and and I remember Lucy, Katie's totally right. I was scrolling your page and I went, wait, what? Whoa, what? Wait, more? Holy crap. Like I kept scrolling and going, this is amazing. Holy crap. Yeah. It it's the it's yeah. that incredible intersection of right. people who are already have an excited fan base and people who are familiar with those names are like, oh wait, I get all of this cool stuff and a book from this person who I really, really like. Very yeah. cool. Yeah. And merch. So I'll be designing the covers, but, um, the, the authors had a choice between an illustrated or discreet cover, which are the the two hot covers that are everybody's doing now. Um, but the artist for the illustrated covers, her name is hell honey and people who are my fans know her very well because she does basically all of my covers. Yep. So people were, you know, also excited, um, about that, um, I teamed up with Hello Lovely Box, who like everybody knows. I mean, they're just like the, you know, she's just like the queen of, you know, bookish merch and yep. swag boxes. And she's, you know, also a, a walking like sunbeam of a human being. Yeah, honestly, um, she helped me out so much with merch for mine because I was like, how do book sleeves work? And she's like, here, here's the contact information. Here's what you need to know. And I was like, oh, my God, thank you. Yeah. So she's amazing. She is amazing. Yeah. And yeah. And just teaming up with other, you know, people that I was a fan of it's making it very, hmm, I guess, varied would be the correct word because it's not. You know, like, uh, and a lot of the authors were like, well, what's the theme? Is it paranormal? Is it contemporary? I'm like, it's just, it's romance. <laughs> it's, it's That's it. It's just a box full of romance. Yep. And it also says to readers, you know, the thing that you love is, is art. And you can get a special edition of this thing that everyone, a lot, I mean, romance and genre fiction still, much less now, thank goodness, but there's still this, this, sort of looking down upon genre fiction and looking down upon romance. And there's still resistance to the idea that romance be taken seriously in some quarters. And here you have readers who are like, I love this thing. I get to have art about my thing. And I get to have the thing that I love in a form of art. Like that's very unique. And that's still, like you said, Katie, that is not ground that's being explored right now. Definitely. You've you've had successful Kickstarters, but this is also a, a business. It's a, mm-hmm. it's a, it's a big business now. You got a lot of people. What are some of the challenges? Cause you've mentioned strategy and you've mentioned organization and that's really, really sexy. Tell me more. So what are some of the challenges of coordination and delivery? The, the looking outside in at the logistics of delivery kind of makes my head spin. Um, did y'all like lose a room in your house? I lost my entire house. <laughs> <laughs> it's, I've had, we're, it, it's we've looked like we were moving for the last like couple months because it's just piles of boxes. boxes. It's like that's that book that because it's a six book series like that. 
I don't know that I'd do that again, but um, yeah, it, it, my entire house, we're like, we're almost done. We're almost have the downstairs back. Like I'm ready. <laughs> Sorry. I just jumped right in there. Please tell um, me everything. Yeah. I am so nosy and so curious. Like I was like, maybe they got one of those little moving pods and all the stuff's in the pod in the driveway and you go on out to the trailer and check it. Yeah. That would have been really smart. I wish we had a little more property because my husband's like, if you need a sh- like a, a shop for like your stuff, logistically actually using backer kit kind of saved my life because it groups them into groups by packing items. Oh, that's smart. And so I can print out for like these three people and then push those. Um, and you can batch process by yes. these people all have the same elements. Boom, 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 boom. Shit. Yeah. I, I thought I was going to have to do that manually and I was like really sad about it. But then like, as soon as we got to the shipping part, it like auto generated for me. And I was like, oh, I love you. My, my mailman and I have a good relationship now because we talk a lot because I do like pickups orders. And so like, I don't do pickup orders on Monday. Cause he's like, please don't. Um, <laughs> and cause it's, there's like a lot of Amazon packages and stuff on Monday. And yes. so like, we've kind of navigate, if I was having to take all these individually to the post office, I would, I, ooh, that'd be awful. So I ship about like 30 a day is about my capacity. And yeah, it's just a lot of like, pack everything, check. I have a, a quality control like postcard thing that I did that I double check everything. I'm still making mistakes. I've, but I've only made like five mistakes out of like 600 orders. So I'm, wow. I'm feeling pretty good about it. Well done. Yeah. So, Excellent. So, um, but the, the nice thing about Kickstarter is that when people are familiar with it, they, they don't expect stuff to ship quickly. Yeah. And so it's like, I, I had my shipping. Until I get a random box with something. Yeah. I'm like, Ooh, I know. I was like, I bottle. That's cool. Yeah. I was like, I totally forgot that I back this ever. I had my shipping date in June because I was like, we're going to, we're going to like make it as far out as possible. So if I have hiccups, it's not a big deal. I've, I've had some hiccups, like some of the, the, I had more than 10% of the books were kind of messed up. So I'm having to reorder more, but that's annoying. Yeah. It's, it's not ideal, (laughs) but, um, but you know, it happens. I, it's one of those things we're still well on track to get everything shipped well before June. But the nice thing about Kickstarter, as far as like that sort of thing is, is because I can communicate with everybody yeah. at the same time. And that's one of the big reasons why I went with it initially is because I didn't want to have to be fielding individual people being like, where's my order? Yeah. Like what's happening. And so it's like being able to mass communicate is very attractive when you're dealing with like this number of people. And how many orders are you fulfilling from your Kickstarter? Um, I think last count was like 876. Oh, damn. <laughs> so, um, it, like I said, in the future, probably won't do six books or at least I do digital signatures. Cause that was, um, it's a lot of, it's a lot. My hand hurts a lot. So, um, Get those but, wrist exercises going. Yeah. Yeah. Seriously. Have just having to do digital signatures, Katie. So don't worry. You'll just have to do once. It'll be printed into the book. You're good. Yeah. See, I, I should have taken notes from you because you've done that before. And I was like, that's so clever. And then I forgot <laughs> and it tills too late. So <laughs> it's very exciting. So your house is full of boxes. You're doing mm-hmm. about 30 a day. You have a good personal relationship with your mail carrier. One thing that strikes me is that you are clearly a human and you know, we as consumers have gotten so used. I do to- have questions about that though, because she like publishes a book every three days. <laughs> she 
She does like seven TikToks a day. <laughs> oh, t- that's because TikTok's my happy place and I don't have to shower for TikTok anymore because I realize like they don't care. Nope. And so I'm just like, oh, I'm in my writing gear. Like, what's up? We're going to have another meeting about that because I did just like one random Kickstarter where I, and not Kickstarter, um, a TikTok where I saw this, this um, sound that was really funny and um, women were using it to like preen. And I was like, about, you know, it's like, oh, she's so hot. And women were like using it to like show off how hot they were. And I was like, what if I did a TikTok about how, about donuts? And I just did this really quick, quick reel about donuts and people loved it. And I was like, wait, I'm not wearing any makeup. I'm stuffing my face with donuts. How is this the thing? Yep. And my, I'm spending like hours making stop motion videos. Yep, and no, my, my videos that have done the best, like, and it's partly just because uh, it's like, oh, I'm inspired. I'm going to do it real quick. But like the videos, I think I have one video that got over a million views and it's literally me just like this. Like there's yeah. no fancy, there's no lipstick, there's no anything. It's just me reacting to a video of somebody did that was really funny. TikTok really values genuine over mm-hmm. like curated it's kind of been like freeing in a way because i'm like oh i don't have to be like instagram perfect for this app right so lucy you've got your kickstarter funded it's not happening yeah. yet what is your strategy for delivery coordination logistics of actually making this happen like what okay. are some of the challenges that you are like all right let's do this i got a whiteboard i got post-its this kickstarter is going yeah. down So I actually run three businesses from home and one of them actually includes a lot of shipping. Oh, I have my own like shipping station set up with like the special labels and I got that in my closet. Yep. Totally. So I'm pretty, I'm pretty adept at like the shipping game and Mm -hmm. knowing what things take. Also with my Kickstarter, I mean, I'm, I don't see myself getting anywhere near having to deal with 800 orders. Like, I, I actually offered to help you at one point. Do you remember when I yeah. saw she posted a, a either a picture or a video of like a pallet of flat packed boxes that was like as tall as she was. And I was like, listen, I can check flights. Like what, what's your, what are you doing? Do you need help? If I um, hadn't had to sign all the books, it would have gone a lot smoother. Cause like we do Patreon and I, I ship like I don't even know what number we're up to, like 600 or something books every other, every time I have a release with Patreon. And we can do that in a day. Yeah. Um, but with the six books and the signing in each box being individual that like, yeah. cause I, my neighbors are like, we'll, we'll do, we'll do a line. We'll do a ship, like a, a packing line. Oh, but like, sweet. Uh, it was, uh, I really appreciate all the helps of offers I got. It just, I didn't pre-sign the books and I offered personalizations on some of them. And so that means that unfortunately we just can't move that fast. Yeah. Right. Um, if, if I, again, in hindsight, would do things a little bit differently because I could have shipped this stuff super fast if I had been a little more strategic. <laughs> or maybe personalization becomes a much higher tier. Yeah. 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 No, my husband, thankfully, was like, you are not personalizing more than a hundred of these boxes. He's like, absolutely not. I refuse to allow it. And I was like, no, it's fine. And he's like, no, no, Katie. He's like, do the math. That's a lot of books. Yeah. So the other thing I did was I... I very, very, I severely limited the amount um, that I could do for each tier. Yeah. I don't expect to hit the limits. You know, I just don't want, I just don't want it to go nuts. Yeah. And yeah, it, yeah. 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 Because so, you have um, to consider what, what I call your billable hour. Right. Right. You have to consider the billable Absolutely. hour of the work that you're doing. 
Now, I don't want to, yeah. obviously, I'm not going to ask for specifics because I'm not that nosy, but how are you comfortable with the profit margins of having done these Kickstarters? Is this is this a solid billable hour for you? Let's put it that way. Yeah, for me, it is. Um, I actually have, I know you can't like zoom in that close, but one of the postcards actually has like what the, what the, um, the cost is for each tier. So I can figure out, cause I also offer discounts. It's an, it's an annual, it's um, a yearly box. It's quarterly. Yeah. So the more um, seasons you buy, the cheaper it is per yes. item. So I had to make sure that I wasn't going crazy with the discounts and yep. like losing money. Got to check your um, math. Exactly. So yeah, it is definitely, it's definitely profitable. It's, it's a lot of fun for me. I genuinely enjoy it. So that's like, part of my payment. So for sure, for sure. I mean, I could have, I mean, I probably could have charged more, but it was, it was at the point where the price, the prices they are now, they were, it was just at the point where it was starting to make me like a little like stomach churny. So I was like, okay, that's the right, <laughs> that's yep. a good place to stop. Even though I probably like could have done more or had, or, or charged the same price and had less stuff in the boxes because there are a lot of stuff in the boxes and, you know, people are like, that's, you know, nobody puts that much stuff in boxes, but yeah, I don't know. It's kind of my thing. That's- There's always like, it's like a clown. It's like a clown car when you open <laughs> one of my swag boxes. <laughs> oh, the, the candles candle, come out. A bath bomb. There's a book, there's a mug, there's pens, there's, you know, so I love that. That's and also, kind of like what you want. You yeah, know, and it's not just the exclusivity of it. It's you want the you want the tier, you want the box to be bountiful. Like there's also that feeling of look at all of the things that I get for my money, which is obviously the foundational uh, marketing of subscription boxes going all the way back to like, remember Birchbox and makeup? You got all these yep. samples. And it was like, wow, for this amount of money, I got all of this stuff. There's yeah. that sort of bounty of uh, and generosity and plentifulness of like, wow, I'm really... I got a lot of stuff for my, you know, $50, my $75. Katie, what about you? Is the is the billable hour satisfying for you at this point? Or are you like, wow, I I I need some Sanderson money for this next time? <laughs> um, yeah, it so I have this habit of being like, no, I that's way too much money. We don't have to charge that. But that's why every time I talk about Patreon or Kickstarter, I'm like, charge more than you think, because we especially in romance, we give away a lot of free stuff. We and so, so it's hard to be like, no, I should be paid for this. Or paid like appropriate amounts. And so I, what I did to like gut check myself is I put in my budget like for everything wholesale. And then I put in what it would retail for. And it retailed for slightly more than I was charging. So I was like, that's fine. I'm still making a profit. Like it's good. My profit's a little less than it would have been because I made some missteps along the way. Like I messed up the bookmarks um, and they were reversed on two of them. So I had to reorder <laughs> and, and it was like my fault, not their fault. So, yeah. and, and like I said, I slightly more of the books were damaged than I expected, which I do plan on selling those at a discounted price. So like I, it'll be fine, but like, and, and shipping prices went up between when I finished my oh, Kickstarter yes. and when, so it did, I mean, I'm still making a profit. Like mm-hmm. it's just not as much profit as I had been yeah. hoping for, but at the same time, we're still in the green. That's all yeah, the black or whatever. That's all the that matters. So looking at this um, experience from like the, you know, the 35,000 foot view, what do you think the success of your campaigns and other campaigns in the writing world indicate about the way readers are now engaging with books and authors? We've touched on that a couple of things uh, and a couple of ways that fandom has evolved and the ways fans interact with books has changed. 
What do you think the success of your campaigns indicates about the sort of relationship between artists and fans and fans who are artists and the authors and the creators? What do you what do you learn from this experience? I think it cuts out a lot of the gatekeeping that has plagued indie authors for so long. That's um, really a good point. At the, yeah, at the core, at the end of the day, it's always about the readers because if you're trad or you're indie, those are the people that are purchasing the books. Those yep. are the people where you're getting your money from. So if you can cut through whatever barriers are up there and get to them completely and say, what do you want? What can I, you know, what can make your reading experience better? What, what is exciting for you and be able to give that to them directly without stops, without a bunch of, you know, people who aren't the readers kind of giving their input. I think it's amazing. I think it's going to just make things better because I'm also a reader. Yeah. You know, and I want I want to read the things that I want to read and I don't want, you know, I don't want it to be judged by, you know, a bunch of people in a room saying, oh, I don't know. Somebody's going to tweet about this. Like I, you know, or are they, do they have a big enough platform that we're going to make money on this? Because when you're doing it yourself, your bottom line is so much lower than like, like a Lumicrate or whatever being like, is this author going to sell boxes when you only have to sell enough for your profit? The margins are so much different. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, my Kickstarter, um, it it was funded at, with like I think it was like forty two backers. It's just me and like forty two people saying, "Okay, this is what you're giving us is exactly what we want," and that's yeah. great. But you know, in in another platform, forty one people, it's it's like nothing. It wouldn't even like oh, we can't even do this because it's not feasible. But for you know a smaller creator this small amount of people, exactly what they want. And like, what's like, that's amazing. And the, and the way in which readers uh, preserve their relationship with books and authors has changed. It used to be that the, you know, the artifact of an experience was maybe remembering where you read it, or you went to a book signing and you met the author and you got the signed book as an artifact of, of having met that author. And I've been to enough book signings I remember the old RT signings when they started doing YA authors in the same room and like seeing teenagers come all dressed up and absolutely like dissolving with excitement to meet an author. And I'm like, oh, I remember what that was like. That is now carrying forward into adulthood with Mm -hmm. candles and stickers. And I I have often considered doing swag, but um, I have a limited amount of room for stuff. I have teenagers. They have stuff. They got a lot of stuff. But stickers, stickers are great. They don't take up any room. They're just little and they they do so much. Stickers are great. And I will also say, I mean, like another thing that has really like reduced barriers to entry for people wanting to sell merch are like print on demand companies. Like you could have a store where it's print on demand, where you have like this awesome smart bitches, trashy books t-shirt and you don't have to have a box full of like 17 different sizes. Yep. Just boom, 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 boom between red bubble and teas. And yeah, there's tons of options. Katie, what about you? What do you think the success of your campaign indicates about the way reader engagement is changing and evolving? I think that the like historically in romance, there's been a lot of just like because they were often mass market paperback or paperbacks like over hardcovers because the price point is so like accessible. 
that there wasn't a lot of room for like special editions because people yeah. are like, oh, they only paid five bucks for this book. They don't want to pay 27 for a special edition. Right. And it's been, like I said, it's changing a little bit, but this allows for like smaller authors or not smaller authors, but authors who aren't, you know, the top, top like outliers of romance to do special editions for the people who want them for the super fans that are like, no, I want this book on my shelf in a fancy way. There's a, especially with like TikTok and Instagram, the like shelfies and like that kind of thing. There's this, like, we want to show off our books that we love, that we're proud of, that we're fans of. And so I think that allowing, like, obviously there's a desire for that, which is really awesome. I do think also, and this is not like, cause my campaign was a series that's been out for a while. I think that authors doing new content is going to be more popular going forward too, because it gives the fans a sense of ownership in that. Yeah. Like I helped fund it. I helped yeah. make this a possibility. I mean, Kickstarter is a little different than like Patreon, for example, because Patreon, like we talked about MK Jemison is like, Hey, I want to do this full time. I need a base threshold each month to make, make that happen. Yeah. Whereas Kickstarter is like, like I keep coming back to Brandon Sanderson because I don't want a $40 million Kickstarter, but like what he did was so clever. And like, here's a whole series that you will get shipped to you. You don't have to remember when it comes out. Nope. You, It's going to, or like four books. I don't think it was an actual series, whatever he did, but here's your, over the year, you're just going to get packages that are going to be four brand new books for me that you don't have to remember. It's yep. just going to show up. Yep. And like, yep. that's so clever. And I mean, I'm going to do that at some point yeah. like for sure. Cause I think yeah, that- that's literally, yeah, that's literally what I did. It's like, you know, spring, summer, fall, winter, like yep. you're just going to get a box of stuff. Yep. It's going to be like Christmas four times a year. Yep. Like, like Lucy and I took notes for this, for my Kickstarter of the packaging is so important because oh, it, because yeah. people do unboxing videos and then that community of like, we're unboxing, we did this, here it is. Like yes. look how pretty it is, is so like such a key component of that. That's been really successful and, and it's going to be really successful through Lucy's because you're brilliant. <laughs> I, yeah. Packaging. I feel like it's like part of, it's like part of the, the whole experience. Yeah. And I am the kind of goober who like loves to give gifts to people, but also like watch them open it and enjoy it. Yeah. So I like when I do swag boxes, like the seeing the unboxing videos on, on social media is like, yes, it's, it's, it's like the greatest feeling. So yeah, I feel like every part of the process, not just the stuff, getting the package in the mail, the experience of it, taking it out of the bag and like looking at all the design, you know, on the packaging. And then like every little, like, I don't waste any real estate. I wish I had a box to show you. Oh, I do. They're everywhere. Yeah. Right. And also like what Katie was, was saying about how her series came out a while ago. These are people who've already read it. So yep. you really have to work extra hard to give them a, you know, a more. Wow. And even the experience. fold flap says memories are precious. You are, you're yeah. underscoring the experience of this right. is an experience of opening this box that you're going to mm-hmm. remember. And then you have a message on the inside flaps with all of your socials. I, I love that you did that. Cause I did a card that was like a thank you note. And also like, Hey, I would love if you take me on social media, but having it on the box is so smart. Like I'm going to do that next thing time. to pack. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's gorgeous. Right. So this is actually, it like caters, this is the last swag box I did for, I, I had my first audiobook. Woo-hoo, through, um, I got an audio and color grant. So kind of hearkening back to the question you said before, I did this audio, this uh, swag box. I did a limited run of 24, no, 20 boxes. And I designed a special edition paperback 
And I designed the whole thing from scratch, had new cover, new everything. And I was able to just print 24 of them. Print on demand. Yep. And still be able to sell them at a profit. So like, that's something you couldn't do even a couple of years ago. So for that, those core readers who like, you know, they've already read the story. They already love it. So you they just really want the keepsake to- of having like the physical thing and like the cool thing. Right. Yeah, for right. sure. So this, like this all only makes sense if you've read the book, but whoever's purchasing this, they get it. it. And this, like the tagline. And this is like the logo for the fictional hotel that they're fighting over. Yep. <laughs> you know, it's not going to be like, I mean, except if, unless you're Katie or Brandon Sanderson, it's not going to be like hundreds and hundreds of people. But, but if it's like 25 get it. or 50. Yeah. Well, and Kickstarter is so scalable, which I think, I think when Brandon Sanderson launched his, a lot of people were like, oh God, like what the heck? I could never do that. It's like, yeah, but you don't have to. Cause like yeah. you can sell like 40 boxes or 50 books or whatever. And like, as long as you set your goal threshold at a, like a reasonable for like whatever or low, cause like you can go over and like, that's mm-hmm what I think some people kind of get like, that's a key component of a successful, a successful Kickstarter is setting the goal high enough to cover costs, but low enough that like right. you can reach in. Yeah. yeah. And with Kickstarter, you can add tiers part way. So like my plan and I'm, you know, it's, I mean, it's so early. I like, I just have no idea what's going to happen, but I did, I did put limits on all of the tiers. So if there was one tier that kind of went bananas, I could yeah. add a second one of the same tier with a limited amount and just say, okay, this, this one is going to ship a little bit later yeah, <laughs> yep. and still be able to do it, but you can like control, like you can keep it from bottlenecking to where it's like kind of unsustainable. Yeah. So, yeah. And once you know happens. how it works, you can start experimenting with new options for people. Because like you said, part of what you're giving them is the experience of opening the box and a lot of that is like a secret code. Like you said, that box isn't going to make as much sense to somebody who hasn't read the book, but somebody who has read the book, it's like, oh, I get what this is. You're mm-hmm. you're sort of accessorizing the experience of having read yeah. a book. It's not just, I read yeah. the book, I'm done with the book. There's more ways to revisit that book in the experience between the reader and the book. And that's where this yeah. project is located. And that's yeah. one of the magic things about merch everyone's had like a, a really sick book, book hangover where the book is done and you're just kind of like, I'm not in that world anymore. Like I can't come home from work and, you know, like be with my favorite people, but you can like have a mug that has the logo of the coffee shop that where they fell in love and hung out every day. You can have a t-shirt that has like the funny thing that the hero said when he like fell over the stick in the woods or something, you know, there's like, you can still stay there. And that's like the really cool thing about merch. Yeah. Like the, you know, the villains do it better pins. I love those. In hindsight, I would have done my add-ons differently because I did like a pin and stickers and a book sleeve and the book sleeve kind of mucked up my dimensions for my box. So I had to do two separate sizes of boxes because it's too big, but like that whole thing, like I was like, nobody's going to want these add-ons, but you know, it's stretch goals. It's fine. And people want it. They wanted like a, a good number of people had every single thing I offered. And, but yeah, it's just, this is a way the, to revisit that experience of the book. Yeah. Yeah. People are really enjoying like the whole thing and it makes me happy. <laughs> and and you're yeah. both enjoying it too. Like you're both mm-hmm. really excited and engaged and ex- and really happy about what you're doing. Yeah. I cannot wait. I, I wavered back and forth about sharing like the 
the specifics of what's going to be in the box. But Katie definitely convinced me like, you know, as especially because there's such a fair amount of backers and yeah. it is full funded. Like, why not? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, because well, like- then it gives people something to like specifically anticipate. Like, and I think that there are, there is something to like, it's going to be a secret. Like that can play really well too, but like yeah. the knowing and like, and then you share yeah. it and then people are like, oh, that's going to be the box. I want that in yeah. my box. Like yeah, yeah. give it to me. But I also am a chronic overshare. And so Kickstarter worked really well yeah. with that. Cause I was like, oh, yeah. here's another piece of art that I don't have to hold on to. I can just give it to Show you. Show people. So obviously you're working on distribution strategy, logistics, and fulfillment. What all, What other things are you working on right now? And what books would you like to tell people about? I am working on another very self-indulgent indie series that's monster romance that has like the old school romance clinch covers on them with a monster. That's one thing that going indie has been really good for me creatively because I can just be like, I don't know if anybody else wants this, but I want this. So I'm going to do this. And it turns out other people want it too. That is the rule of um, the internet. You are never the only person who's into this that's thing. the beauty of the internet. Yeah. It's true. Um, so yeah, the first book just came out uh, a couple of weeks ago. It's called The Dragon's Bride. It is a, a dragon man and a uh, human lady. And it's like soft ro- monster romance. Like there's some like marriage of convenience stuff, but it's, it's very soft. All tropes, tags, and content warnings are on my website. So check that out beforehand. <laughs> Fabulous. Lucy, what about you? Yeah. So I'm doing a fair amount of work on this Kickstarter. I um, would uh, imagine. I, I would never have guessed. <laughs> but also I am in the process of writing a couple of books. Um, one is a, my very first speculative romance. It's going to be a novella and it's being released, um, as a project in collaboration with a bunch of other authors. I don't know how much I'm allowed to say about it, but I'll definitely be sharing like when I am allowed to. Um, I have been, I'm working on a thruple, a paranormal shifter thruple, two lions, one human lady. Everybody is waiting for this. I'm so excited. I did not know this existed, but I need it now. Yes, it's in the um, Shifter Escapes series. It's the best friend from the first book. Um, It takes place in Hawaii. It's like so soft. Everybody loves everybody and there's lots of sex. Um, Just I have some audiobooks coming up. Um, My most popular book ever, Blind Date with a Book Boyfriend. I'm finally getting an audiobook for that. And that actually starts recording next month. It's going to have the actual book and it's going to have the two accompanying short stories because people apparently cannot get enough of this couple. They're always like, well, what's now? What's happening now? Thank you so very much for doing this podcast and for being so candid and honest and, and really inspiring. And congratulations again to both of you. Oh, and also I want to say for anyone listening who was debating whether or not they should do ads on Smart Bitches oh, Trashy gosh. Books, you you absolutely should. I've been doing ads with them for years, but I did I checked my um Kickstarter stats and yeah, it tells you like when somebody somebody what do you call it, backs a project like where they came from and yes, it works. Thank you. <laughs> It is paid for itself. Oh, gosh. I'm going to turn purple. Thank you very, very (laughs) much. It works. So that's another part of the Kickstarter strategy. Do ads, but like, you know. In specific romance-centered communities. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I know they work, but I'm really honored that you said that. Thank you. Who would want this? Yes, Smart Bitches Trashy Books. Absolutely. It's like books. It's in the name. Yeah. (laughs) It does what it says on the tin. (laughs) 
And that brings us to the end of this week's episode. Thank you again to Lucy Eden and Katie Robert for hanging out with me. I will link to Lucy's Kickstarter in the show notes. There is still time to take a look at everything and make a pledge for yourself if you're interested. I will also link to their websites and to all of the books we talked about as well. Never fear. But I am curious, have you backed a romance Kickstarter before? Which ones were your favorite? Have you done the thing where you back a Kickstarter and then something cool shows up and you're like, oh, I forgot I had backed this. I would love to hear about it. You can email me at sbjpodcast at gmail.com or you can leave me a message at 1201-371-3272. And if you want to tell me a bad joke, you know, I love to hear those too. Speaking of, I would never leave you without a terrible joke. It's coming up right now. This joke is from a nine-year-old, which means it's the very best kind of joke. Why didn't the worms on Noah's Ark stay in their apple when they got on board? Give up? Why didn't the worms on Noah's Ark stay in their apple when they got on board? Because God said everyone had to travel in pairs. (laughs) I say. He could hear you groaning. I sent that to Adam and he just responded, boo, (laughs) bears. (laughs) On behalf of everyone here, we wish you the very best of reading. Have a wonderful weekend and we will be back here next week. Smart Podcast Trashy Books is part of the Frolic Podcast Network. You can find more outstanding podcasts to subscribe to at frolic.media slash podcasts.